Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. How's it going, Emily? Good. <laughs> Good. How are you? We had some fun last night. Yeah, we did. We had our first, hopefully, annual, we haven't decided yet, scavenger hunt. So it's just like an Easter egg hunt, but for candy for Halloween. Yeah. And it was amazing because we didn't want it. It was fun. Well, it's fun. We didn't want to do like the trunk or treat that Shadron has every year. Um, Just because of COVID. I'm sorry if you heard me gulping. Yeah, rude. (laughs) Just very thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, how much fun we had last night. Mm, Yeah. I, I ate a lot of snacks. Snacks? Yes, we did. We had a lot of snacks. We threw like 500 pieces of candy in the yard for the kids to like scavenge like little vultures. And man, they got those quick. Yeah. I thought it was going to take long. Like the candy was hid. You said go. And it was like, it blinked and all the candy was gone. Was it you? Told, someone told me that like they were watching all the dads hiding the candy and then they're like, they got bored. And I guess they were all just sitting out there just like hucking it in the yard. Like just fucking throwing it out there like it was money. <laughs> yeah. Chris said, um, so he was just kind of sitting there talking to Adam while they were throwing candy. And Adam goes, go get a bag of candy on the fridge. <laughs> and Chris was like, okay. Dick. So he went and um, got the candy and started throwing it all over the yard with him. Adam had a pocket full of candy. So, like, he was standing there stashing candy in his pockets so that the kids couldn't <laughs> find it. But I do think it was fun. Um, it was definitely a good alternative for COVID. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. There weren't very many of us there. It was just, it was nice to have all of our friends there and, like, our friends' kids and everybody just kind of together. And mm-hmm. we had a couple cocktails, um, snacks, really cool Halloween music, and we just kind of hung out. You decorated wonderfully. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> My zombie chickens. Yeah, there were your chickens. Um, and then I looked over. And so your gra- this was in your garage. Your uh-huh. garage is your workout room. Yes. You have weights in there. Yeah. I look over onto the ground and there's just an arm. <laughs> yes. Sitting underneath <laughs> a weight. Uh, and I was like, okay. That was like my pride and joy. <laughs> I was so fucking happy. I went and stole my little zombie hand from the front yard. And I'm like chuckling to myself as I'm walking back there to stick it under the way. I can see it too. Because <laughs> I, I decorated by myself because Adam was at work. So I thought, I think I'm hilarious. I thought you did. You did great. Thanks. You did great. Um, I'm looking at our wall right now. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we we finally got our wall finished. Um, we have uh, we have leaves mm-hmm. and twinkly lights up there. And sometimes the twinkles are a little aggressive. Yeah. Hence my my fright that, just now. Yeah. <clears throat> but it looks cute. Um, I do want to say, I know it's not going to be Halloween when this one comes out, but happy Halloween. Ooh, <laughs> Yeah, today is Halloween. I know. What are your plans? Um, I know you had said something about trick-or-treating. Chris wants to go with you, but I don't know how feasible that plan is. <laughs> I don't I don't know. We um we carved pumpkins today. Um, and we've just been kind of kicking it. We were doing our chicken chores and making sure everything was done before we go out tonight, but we'll probably try to go trick or treating for a little bit. I'll be that crazy mom. That's making my kids wear their masks up to people's doors as you should. And have you seen, um, the PVC pipe thing? Like if you have like railing by your house, people are getting like big PVC pipes and like, um, zip tying them to their railing. So that uh-huh. kids are at the bottom of the stairs and they just put that's it through genius. the genius. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, in one of my meetings on <clears throat> Friday with one of our supervisors, she was saying that she was thinking about putting the candy in like brown lunch bags. Okay. Oh, and like just prepackaging it so kids aren't like digging through a bowl. They just grab a bag and go. Oh, that's smart. So one of my friends was telling me that her neighbor put like put candy like on popsicle sticks in her yard. Mm -hmm. So the kids could just come and like pick a popsicle stick That's cute. out of her yard. I don't have that much patience. No. And we truly like the lat we've been here three years now. And I think in all three years, we've gotten a total of five trick or treaters. <sighs> yeah. We're never here, but I mean, that kind of sucks. No. Cause then I get all the candy. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I get like my kids trick or treat candy. And then that entire fucking bag of candy. Cause I buy the good candy. <laughs> I don't buy like fucking lemon drops and Twizzlers. I don't mind Twizzlers. I don't like lemon drops. I don't like either. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That makes me kind of sad. Um, I want to talk about something that kind of pissed me off yesterday. Okay. Um, so since COVID, I just like quit trying with my appearance because it's sure. like, why? Mm -hmm. What I am in, I'm in my house for months, first of all. And then if I put on my makeup and I use like before COVID full face every day. Mm-hmm. If I wear makeup, my mask just wipes it off. So it's like pointless. But yesterday I was like, you know what? Look good, feel good. I'm feeling a little like my mental health sucks today. So look good, feel good. I'm going to do a full face. And I got all cute. I got like this new corduroy skirt. I was like feeling myself. It was super cute. cute. I loved it. So then I'm like, ooh, I look good. And then <laughs> I forgot to send something in for work. And I thought I would be in trouble. So I went to Mavericks to get a pop. <laughs> little brown for, for our for our manager because i was like eh, i'll just suck up to you <laughs> so i went and got her a pop but as i was walking inside these two men and they looked really nice like sure. super friendly wasn't expecting it from them um and they cat called me twice was it like a no was it like it a, was ow. like no it was like words it was like hey like like i was just like ew gross and so i was pissed off that's some dedication i mean and so I went inside. Luckily, I saw somebody that I knew, like, from years ago. I haven't seen her for a few years. And so I was like, oh, my God, how are you doing? We were chatting. And she was telling me what she's doing with her life now. And, and I was, too. And then I bought my pop, and we walked out together. These men were walking around, like, lur like the few aisles that we were in. Like, they were just kind of, like, lurking. And then they followed us out. And they didn't even buy anything. Gross. And I was just like, that makes me want to fucking Gross. go home and change. And, like, I literally try and look good for one day out of the last like year mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's what I get I was so pissed anyways yeah which is kind of like a nice little segue into what we're talking about today yeah actually that's um, a really good segue I think October is a month that's packed full of awarenesses and um stuff like that I mean like you know every cancer has its month every social issue has its month um, but October has a lot of them. It's breast yeah. cancer. It's bullying prevention, Down syndrome awareness, yeah. um, domestic abuse. And I'm sure that there's tons of others. And I just really didn't do my research. So I'm sorry for that. Um, if I didn't mention a group that you're loved by, <laughs> just know that we love you and we're thinking of you in the month of October. Um, yeah. But one of the things that's very timely, and since it's the last day of October, although the episode won't be aired in October, but... Um, 
is domestic violence. And mm -hmm. so that's what we're going to talk about today is domestic violence. Yep. And we are aware it's a super sensitive subject. And yeah. I was, I was telling Emily before we even started, like one of my biggest fears is that we're not going to do it justice because there are so many people who are impacted by this and so many people who are hurt by this um, and who struggle for years and years, even after the abuse. So that's like my biggest fear is that we're just not going to do it the justice that it deserves. Yeah. But we are certainly going to try. Yeah. Cause that's what we're here for. Sorry. I'm writing down notes of things to put on our Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, um, it's at mental health sucks sucks is S U C C S. And we'll post pictures of the things that we're referencing. Oh, not to totally sidebar. Somebody yeah. asked me if we'd make a Facebook. Yeah. I, I think it was there. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but this was another someone. Okay. Um, and she's like, you guys should make a Facebook because she doesn't really like Instagram or do any of that other stuff. And I was like, yeah, totally. I'll get on that. And you know me, I'm like, I'll do it. I'm here for it. We can make Facebook. So at some point, if you get there before me, because you're more social media savvy, <laughs> um, she said it would be easier for her to follow us on Facebook just because she doesn't use any other social media platform. Mm -hmm. She's one of the OGs of social media. She's not old, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe eventually next episode, um, we'll have a Facebook for you to like. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the other thing too, um, if you guys want to send us emails, we have, we do have a Gmail account and it's mm -hmm. mental health sucks, S U C C S at gmail.com. And you can send us questions, um, information. If we really fuck something up, you can absolutely correct us. Um, or if you want to share your story, because we've got a couple of people who've been like, man, I'm too nervous, but I'd really like to. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. where you can send those. Woohoo. Okay. Now, Moving on to the serious stuff. Do you yeah. want to kind of talk about what you read? Yeah. Um, I think that to, I think a lot of people, when they hear domestic violence, the first thing that pops into their head is a man beating up on his wife. Sure. And well, yeah, sure, that is it. But there's so much more to domestic violence. And I think in order to fully understand domestic violence, you have to understand the different types of abuse. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I, I think that image that you're talking about, how often is that portrayed in the media? Oh my God. Like it's almost always a man beating a woman mm -hmm. when you think about domestic abuse. Yeah. Or, and it's, it's also called intimate partner violence. So those two words are used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I, I think you're right. I think it's important to know the different types of abuse. Mm -hmm. And I think you're so right. I think that the media, like many things, <laughs> does not do a good job of portraying. No. I do respect <laughs> though that they, that they show it that they're willing to like take that stance and acknowledge that these things happen and that it is a reality. Yeah. Do I always agree with how they portray it? No. Sometimes I think they do a piss poor job, but they do take that, that brave step forward and show that it happens. Mm -hmm. So kind of acknowledging that reality of it. Yeah. So, um, as far as the different types of abuse go, and I look kind of peeked over at your list and you seem to have a lot more than I did, but, um, I have emotional and verbal, which can include, but not limited to, <laughs> um, ignoring feelings, humiliating the partner in yeah. public. Mm -hmm. Can you, I mean, like, that's a big one. Yeah. Like, just make, tearing them down in front of people and it's just, like, making them look bad. Withholding approval and even withholding affection. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can yeah. Ah. Withholding effect. That's a big one for me. Um, threatening to leave. Refusing to socialize with the people that they love. Mm-hmm. 
gaslighting, which is a really, really big one. And I'll go more into detail or, or Chelsea will. I'll let um, you do it. Cause I mean, when I looked at your notes, I was like, man, I hear this all the time. Like I thought I had a grasp of it, but then as I was reading it, I'm like, I had a very surface, like, yeah, you know, I kind of licked the sugar off the rim of the margarita. Like I didn't get the full thing. <laughs> you didn't get any of that tequila. <laughs> no. Um, so there's gaslighting, abandonment, um, threats to hurt or kidnap the kids. Yep. Um, if there are kids abusing animals, taking car keys, punching holes in walls. Um, but going back to gaslighting, so it's just manipulating psychologically. Yeah. Well, I think that goes into um, <clears throat> psychological abuse goes along with emotional abuse um, because it is very much like damaging somebody's mental state. Yeah. Well, and it's also called, um, I should have wrote this down. It's like gas. Another word for gaslighting is like, um, making me crazy or something or something like that. I, I wrote it down. Um, reactive abuse. No, not the same thing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was just like another name for gas. I don't know. Anyways. Um, but I have this picture here that I'll post on the gram, mm -hmm. but it just says, what is gaslighting when somebody intentionally twists your perception of reality to fit their own? Oh, okay. Which, yep. It, I mean, if, and if you think about that other name for gaslighting, that's like making me crazy disorder or something like that. Yeah. Like you're literally making your partner think that they're crazy. That they're a lunatic. Yeah. I mean, well, and just looking at some of these these phrases, it's like, I've been called sensitive so many times. It's mm -hmm. like, God, you're so sensitive. And for so long, I, I took that as like, that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was way older that I'm like, fuck you. I love being sensitive. Yeah. But it is, is it just one of those things when you use it in an argument that it's very much to have that position of power over somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gross. I know. So uh, some of those phrases are you're overreacting. You need help. I didn't do that. You're upset over nothing. Um, you must just be confused. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, just calm down. You're so dramatic. Why are you being defensive? It's your fault. I never said that. What are you talking about? You twist things. Stop imagining things. I was just joking. Oh, gross. I hate that last one. I was just joking. So if yeah. I say something like you're a stupid bitch, I'm just kidding. kidding. It's like, okay. <laughs> so yeah. Funny. So funny. Oh <laughs> God. I hate that. Um, yeah. So moving on from emotional and verbal is financial. Yeah. Um, yep. So, withholding. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So okay. like all the bank accounts are in the abuser's name. Yeah. Um, allowances. Mm -hmm. And a big thing for me was signing things against their will. So this could be taxes, immigration papers. Ooh, I didn't yeah. even think about that. I never would have thought about that. Yeah. What do you have for financial? Well, it, just a lot of the same thing. So a lot of the, um, the, and this is, I didn't write a lot down because I did a lot of work as an advocate for victims of sexual assault and domestic violence. That's how I started my career in mental health, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I think ec economic abuse, it's just a pattern of being in total control over all financial entities within the relationship. So it's taking credit cards away and cutting up their credit cards. Um, like you said, allowances, only giving them 10 bucks if they're super good. Well, even like... Yeah, 10 bucks. What the fuck? Give mm -hmm. me more. But why do I have an allowance anyways? Right. Like I shouldn't have an allowance. Right. Like I'm a fucking grown ass adult. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's it's basically just using any sort of financial or economic resources to keep the partner tied to you. So you think a lot about um, why it's hard for people to leave domestic situations. And it's because the abuser generally does hold the economic power. Yeah. And if they were to leave, they're left with literally nothing. Nothing. Yep. 
which is terrifying. Homeless. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Um, sexual. And I mean, the first thing, obviously. Right. hundred percent. That I wrote a statistic down. Oh yeah. Give it to um, me. Let me find it. One in 10 females are raped by their intimate partner. And what really bugs me is there's no data on how many men are raped by women. <gasps> there's no data. Mm-mm. I'm assuming because it's underreported and it's absolutely it's, it's there. They don't want to report it. Yeah. And I also think about um, same sex marriages. That data is like non-existent too. Well, yeah. So we're missing a lot, but the amount, like the majority of domestic violence cases that are reported are women reporting being abused by men. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have that data, but it's one in 10 women are raped by their intimate partners in a year. I feel like, I mean, that has to be underreported. hundred percent. Yeah. One in 10 a year. No way. Yeah. Because if you think there are a lot of people who think that you cannot be raped within a marriage. Um, you know, so it's like they're very likely are getting raped, but then they're under that mindset of, well, that's my husband. It's my wifely duty. I'm supposed to do that. Well, and that could be something that's another gaslighting thing, too. That's something that could be being fed to them. Sure. <clears throat> Going on through sexual, something I didn't think about birth control sabotage. Yeah. Yep. Right over my head. Like, uh, yeah. They could be messing with your birth control, make you have a baby to stay. Like poking holes in their condoms. Yeah. Yeah. Wowza. Um, forcing them to watch porn. Ooh, I wouldn't have thought about that one. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. Um, prostitution. Mm-hmm. Big one. So that's why I have for sex. Do you have anything else for sexual? No. Okay. Um, and then the obvious, there's physical. So that's punching, kicking, slapping. Scratching, biting, spitting. Yeah. Um, weapons, throwing things at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on for physical. Yeah. Well, and the one that I was talking about, reactive abuse. This is one mm-hmm. I've been seeing more and more and more. And essentially what it is, is where the abuser pushes. And it's almost like they're gaslighting you. They're pushing you. They're pushing yeah. every single button until you snap, until you lose your shit. And then they're able to say, God, look at her. She's crazy. So they're pushing you to an intense reaction and then they're using that reaction as a manipulation against you. And it's a hundred percent a power move. It's, it's completely and totally about being in power. Yeah. You know, obviously it's manipulation and it's manipulation of the circumstances, but when they do that and they've led you to that intense reaction, they now have total control over the situation. Mm -hmm. And so that, that one's, I've just been seeing that one pop up a lot more and I, I find it extremely interesting. But yeah, that's react reactive abuse. Yeah. Jeez. And there's, I so mean, that's the end of my list for the types of abuse. And I know that you have a lot more, so we can dive into your different types of abuse. Um, that was most of them really. Oh, okay. So there's <clears throat> controlling physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, economic intimidation is one we didn't talk about. Yeah, I think intimidation can go into like the emotional mm-hmm. verbal category. Absolutely. Yep. It's but... like intimidations, threats, and coercion. I kind of put those off on the, in their own category. Um, isolation is a big one. So you completely isolate them from all their friends and family, like all mm-hmm. their loved ones to where they have to rely on the abuser. That's the only person, the only person that they see that they have. Um, blame. It's all your fault. But I think that kind of goes into gaslighting. Absolutely. And then stalking. Oh, I did not talk on stalking. Stalking behaviors can also be considered 
domestic violence. Absolutely. So if your partner is constantly going through your phone, if they're checking your emails, if they're following you around to make sure you're where you need to be, if they're continuously looking at your location on their phone, um, just any of those behaviors to where it's like you feel like you can't go anywhere without them knowing where you're at, that can be considered domestic violence. Wow. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's really all I have for types. One thing I did really want to make sure we talked about was the cycle of abuse. Mm-hmm. Have you Go seen that? Um, no, not, I, maybe, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll put a picture up of this too. Yeah. You can, you can find a lot of really good pictures. The cycle of abuse usually starts, it's like everything is great in the beginning. So there's that honeymoon phase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's where everything's great. They're very affectionate, very loving. Um, and then there, tensions start to rise. So the next phase is tension. So tension starts to rise. And that's, you know, maybe you guys are together too much. Someone's getting irritable. Maybe they're super annoyed. Um, and then there's the incident. So whatever that abuse is. Mm-hmm. So let's use, for example, um, tensions arising you guys are arguing about going out maybe you want to go out and your partner's like hell no you're not going to the club not looking like that you look like a hoe and then there's the incident you say i'm fucking going and you go to walk past them and they shove you into the wall yep okay so there's the incident and the next phase is going to be reconciliation so this it kind of pulls you back into that honeymoon phase they're extremely apologetic they're so sorry they're very loving and affectionate they're never going to do it again They can't believe they did that. Mm -hmm. And then they're showering you with love and affection and gifts and reining you back in. And then there's usually a little level of calm. Like things go okay for a little while, but then those tensions start to rise again. There's there's another time you want to go to the bar or Mm -hmm. someone texts you that your partner doesn't like, you know, and then tensions incident, you know, so it, and then the cycle just continues. Yeah. And it's extremely, extremely difficult to break that pattern. Mm-hmm. And I think this, I, I, I don't know. I was like, it can be so frustrating too. when like, you know, people who are going through that and like y- being on the outside, you can see this happening, mm-hmm. but then because of that cycle, because of the I'm back and I'm sorry and I love you and it won't happen again. It's you're the only person who sees it. Yeah. And so, I mean, and yeah. it's, yeah. 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 And it's hard. It's hard. One of the hardest lessons I had to learn in working with victims of domestic violence, even I hate that word. I I like to say survivors of domestic violence. If you're a victim, you don't. I don't like the word yeah. victim. That yeah. It makes me feel gross. Um, but when I'm working with people who are being abused, the hardest thing for me to learn was you can't always stop them from going back. There were times where I'd work with individuals, men and women, you know, and we'd get them all these resources and we'd get them out of that situation and they'd be stable for a little while and then they'd go back. Mm-hmm. And you just have to support that, even though you know you're like this is a dangerous ass situation. Like this is not good, but you can't make them do something they don't want to do. Yeah. So that's hard for me, but absolutely, it. it's hard. I get it. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to point out too that while women are, I mean, they tend to experience the most severe types of abuse. However abuse to men is so underreported, not just sexual abuse, but just in general. Do you have anything on that? Um, all (laughs) this is going to sound fucking crazy. All I have is one in nine men. That's what I wrote down too. That's all I could find. One in nine men. Yeah. There's one that's a little more inclusive and it's 20 people per minute. Um, 
are victims of domestic violence by their intimate partner in the U.S. So in a year, that's yeah. about 10 million individuals, and that's inclusive of, inclusive of men and women. Yeah. But how many of those are men? It didn't say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything I found is like, there's no data. There's no data. But, and that's another thing that we go back to the media. That's yeah. not portrayed. I mean, and what is that? It just, it continues the stigma mm -hmm. that men can't report. Right. Because. Because they're supposed to be strong and tough and manly and this doesn't happen to men, right? Yeah. Wrong-o. Mm -hmm. So when it does and then no one reports it, it's just a chain, chain, chain reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested to see some more data on that as things start to come out more. Um, but it, it just is not there right now. We don't have enough stats and we don't have enough people reporting to come to conclusive <clears throat> yeah. data, um, which is unfortunate because I think, I think men are largely unrepresented in this, in this realm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Gross. Yeah. I really wanted to find states that had some really shitty laws. Did you find domestic. any? I didn't find specifics. Oh, okay. Before we go into that, I want to talk about protective orders. Oh, yeah. Um, because while they're great, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's what a piece of paper. Right. Is that going to keep him away from you or her away from you? Do you know what shit really pisses me off? It's not tangible like right it's just <laughs> well and i i respect the rights i think you should go and and put these things in place but what's that they're gonna get that and they're gonna be like fuck you the reason that i say that is because and this is from just a very different mindset that paper trail that documentation because the shit that pisses me off more than anything else in this category is that law enforcement can't technically do anything until some sort of law has been broken mm -hmm. and talking shit to your partner isn't necessarily breaking the law, which really bothers me because obviously emotional abuse is very taxing and it causes long-term traumatic damage well, on your mental health. And I think being in the men, being mental health professionals too, we recognize that. So while talking shit to your partner isn't breaking the law, if you look at it from our side and you look at their history, it fucking should be right in their case, you know? Right. And I could be wrong. Um, like I said, it's been a long time since I've been in the domestic violence world, but from what I remember, um, it's damn hard to get an abuser arrested. Yeah. But if you have that paper trail and you have that, like I filed for a protection order here and here and here and here, mm -hmm. then you at least have that documentation that you need to to prove the history of all mm -hmm. of this. And then it's not, he said, she said. Yeah. And that's the reason I say like, I, I get it. It is just a piece of paper and that abuser. I mean, if, if they're, if they're going to come beat the shit out of you or they're going to come light you up because of that, they're going to. Yep. But chances are, and this is going to sound really insensitive. So tell me to fuck off if you want to, but chances <laughs> are they're going to do that anyway. Absolutely. So having that paper trail is kind of your protection and prepping yourself for the future. For the future. Yeah, I agree. Long term, great. Short term, shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, so that's what I had on protective orders. So going back to looking for different policies, I really couldn't find some that were just like, man, this is a really shitty policy. It doesn't do its job. I really couldn't find that. But I did find a website called um, Murkrock. Muck, muckrock. <laughs> Muckrock.com. And um, they did a study where they looked at all the different policies in the United States 
Um, they reached out to um, lawmakers to get these exact policies so that they could read them word for word. Cool. Um, so as of 2017, um, states have different policies on how they approach domestic violence, um, but many, some don't have policies at all, which is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, 12 states reported having no policies as of 2017. Do you know which states those are? Well, no, but I do. Hey, if that's your state, you need to do some rallying here. I do know. So 12 states don't. Um, and then 20, 28 states were willing to share those policies. Four states did not want to share their policies because they rejected the request, arguing that Granting the request would compromise security, reveal confidential law enforcement techniques, or disrupt the operation of the government. Which, if that's true, I respect. Sure. Yep. Because, I like, I mean, what if you're in a state where domestic violence is just super, super high? And you have lots of people who are in um, a witness protection program-esque mm -hmm. type of a thing. Sure, I respect that. They right. want to keep those things confidential. But could they be saying that because they don't want to look stupid saying like, oh, we don't have one. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So 28 states provided the policies free of charge or with a small fee. Um, 12 states have no policies. And again, this is in 2017. So that could have changed. Um, and four refused to. And one of them being a state very close to us. South Dakota. Ooh. South Dakota refused to say whether they had a policy or not, which is disappointing, but not surprising. <laughs> South Dakota be a dick. Um, according to the National Center on Domestic and Sexual Violence, in the 70s and the 80s, only, are you ready for this? No, but yes. 7 to 15% of domestic violence incidences resulted in arrest. Mm-hmm. In the 70s and 80s. So according to the um, Department of Justice report, where that came from, up until the late 1970s, um, victims who most were women because, right, you know, um, they the women could not obtain restraining orders against their abusers without also filing for a divorce. You had oh. to file for a divorce in order to have a protective order. Up until the Gross. 70s. Yep. Ooh, I don't like that. Um, which is a huge decision for people who are traumatized and abused. I mean, if you go back and look at the emotional abuse and stuff like that, I mean, say isolation is what you were going through. Right. What do you what do you do? How that's a huge step to file for divorce in order to get protective order. Mm -hmm. You can't file for a divorce because what if they have all the money? Yeah. What if they're the only person that you have? Um, so yeah, that's what I got policy wise. Gross. And I know I could have probably dug much deeper in there and I only brushed the surface. But even then, like the stats there are just nauseating. <laughs> when I, I think you brought up some good points because you started to touch on like the long-term mental health effects. And that was one thing that I took, I took a little time on mm -hmm. um, because there are, there is so much damage that's done to your mental health when you're in an abusive relationship. You know, I mean, it's so what I did find and some of these are going to be pretty obvious, but um, increased rates of depression and anxiety. Um, you're more than likely going to end up with some form of traumatic stress, whether it's acute trauma or post-traumatic stress disorder. You're more likely to develop those things and you have a higher risk of suicidal behaviors, 
which none of this is very surprising to me. Um, but I've also been in the field for a long time. And so thinking about it as someone who maybe hasn't been just to think like, even, even if your partner hits you one time, you still have a higher rate of developing <clears throat> depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, and increased suicidal behaviors. Um, kind of not, not super off topic, but kind of away from the effects of it. Can we talk about suicide in a sense of being a domestic violence? I mean, that might not make sense. Um, it didn't. So like I've read stories, um, specifically there was one new story where there was um, a girl and a boy, they were dating, they were high schoolers and there were text messages. The boy ended up committing suicide. Yes. Okay. There were text messages in between them. The girl was, I mean, for months, just do it. Just kill yourself. Just kind of egging him on. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to. She's like, but you do. And here's why. And it got to a point where he actually did it. Yeah. And like, what the fuck? Wasn't she prosecuted? Like, I know there was a court case. I, I believe so. Which, I mean, I I struggle with this because it's, there is no part of me that thinks you were supporting him. You were not in, you know, you were not supporting him, at least not in the right way. You were definitely supporting his thoughts of taking his own life. You were, yeah. yeah. You know, but. You were it, working against him. Yeah. If you really care about someone, I would think you'd want to save them. Mm -hmm. And if we look at this from a domestic violence lens, absolutely. That goes into that psychological piece. Yeah. Anyways, so you said suicide and that's what popped into my head was yeah. convincing your partner to take their own life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is just like. Well, and part God. of part of what I think too is it's like you hear cases of people who are like, the only way you're getting out of this relationship is by death. Mm -hmm. And if you see no other way out and, and maybe you're like, all right, fine. Yeah. Maybe you've tried some of these other options and then you're like, fuck it. I'm not living like this anymore. Yeah. You know, so I, I think you're right. I think there are multiple ways that suicide can be linked into domestic violence as well, which is really unfortunate. Super. Yeah. And this one's a downer. It's important though. Absolutely. Yeah. Super important. Important to talk about, but it's, like I said in the beginning, it's hard to talk about. Um, I definitely, I was going to look into some survivor stories. Oh, that would have been. The hard part for mm -hmm. me is that they're not my stories to tell. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I've worked with a lot of individuals who did overcome their domestic situation mm -hmm. and they left and they're doing phenomenal now. Um but I just, I didn't, I couldn't bring myself to look into the survivor stories because I just feel like they're not really my story to tell. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're out there, but it's, it goes back to like, can I do that justice? I could read you something from well, Google, same. yeah, you know, but I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, is there anything else you want to say about domestic violence in itself because i do have like some healthy relationship stuff i think we should talk about that okay because it's it is an important piece of domestic violence because sometimes people don't realize that the relationship isn't healthy uh-huh i had a very emotionally abusive relationship when i was in college maybe i was in high school so my senior a long time ago mm -hmm. um and this guy like things were great for a long time and then he would do really weird shit like he wouldn't let me talk to any other guys and I'd come home from school and he'd be, yeah, it was in high school. I'd come home from school and he'd be like, how many guys you talk to today? 
Like, I don't know. I didn't Let me get out my fucking list. Like seven. Like, I don't know. Um, and then we had an argument one time and I, I was living on my own. Um, and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to take a shower. Like, just leave me alone for a little bit. And he broke into my house, like jumped in through my window. And when I got out of the shower, he's like sitting on my bed, I'm a little troll, like, Hey, you know, and at the time I had zero idea that that was not part no. of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Now looking back, I'm like, Ooh, like I had one boyfriend who would call me and tell me that he had AIDS or that he had contracted a, an STD and oopsie. And then he would laugh hysterically when I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Then he would laugh. What the fuck? And he never, I mean, he never had these diseases. It was just a, that manipulation and control. Yeah. To like scare the shit out of me. And apparently that was hilarious. So anyway, yeah. Wow. Let's talk about healthy relationships. Yeah. Well, and I think you bring up a good point. A lot of people like say you're with your first boyfriend that you've had, you know, and you're with them for years and years and years. Yeah you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like because that's all you have experienced. Yep. Well, and the other thing too, and I think we need to talk about this. There's so much we need to talk about, but the other piece is if you've witnessed, like if your parents um, were violent with each other in the home and that's what you've seen and that's what you've grown up with, that is your perception of a healthy relationship because that's all you've experienced. Mm -hmm. So children, um, experience extreme trauma when they witness domestic violence in the home. Yeah. And then that pattern is more likely to repeat itself when their children start dating. Yeah. So if you, a lot of people don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, or they don't know that they're in a toxic relationship. Um, I don't have much on it, but um, I do have the three C's of a healthy relationship are communication, compromise, and commitment. Absolutely. Like I, mic drop um honesty trust respect open communication no imbalance of power yeah no you're not it's not you know you don't have a boss right you both are you're equals partners equals yeah so that's what i have for healthy relationships um i i don't necessarily want to discuss any physical things that have happened with me but you bring up college and i had a horribly emotionally oh, there's another strand of light oh never mind they were alternating so some of our lights don't work and i was watching them but anyway, anyway. anyway. <laughs> um a super super bad emotionally and verbally abusive mm-hmm. <laughs> relationship and like literally go to gaslighting in the fucking dictionary and it's a picture of him like the like from my freshman year all the way up until the end of my sophomore year and then like a month after dating him i met chris oh man yeah well okay so fucking downgrade (laughs) or no upgrade (laughs) Upgrade. i'm like i'm talking about like from chris to him upgrade christopher you are an upgrade you're an upgrade upgrade well okay so there are a few phrases that i want you just to take right out of your fucking dictionary when you're thinking about people in domestic relationship domestic violence mm-hmm. situations don't ever ask why don't you just leave are you sure it's abuse what's wrong with you why are you still in that relationship <laughs> just break up uh-huh. it's not that fucking easy right so those are some phrases i want you just to erase from your vocabulary because if you've never been in 
a relationship where there is intimate partner violence, then you don't realize the complexities that go on within that relationship and how hard it is to just leave. Well, and that's kind of going back to like your cycle. You're like, well, I know that it's going to get better because this has happened so many times, but I know it's going to get better. And then when it does get better, you're like, ha ha, see, told you. Yeah. And then you're right back from square one. And I think one more and, and then I'll stop and we can probably almost be done. Yeah. We're hitting about our, cause we're about at our time. Yeah. Um, but the other one too is telling them that it will get better. Don't tell them that. Don't, don't ever say things like, well, what if it gets better or you can't change him? That's Mm -hmm. another big one too. I mean, there are just certain things that you should not say to somebody who is in the midst of a relationship where there's intimate partner violence. Chances are one, they know. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know, it's not your place to try to drag them out of that relationship. That's not necessarily the best way to help somebody. Mm-hmm. Boom. That was it. Mic drop. <laughs> Punches microphone. I wish sometimes people could see this shit we do in the background. Well, we, oh, by the way, we do have a time lapse going on. So... <laughs> We're going to put the time lapse on Instagram. Um, Oh, shit. I've definitely been like making random faces as you're talking. (laughs) You're like, what the fuck are you even saying? Um, (sighs) Ending this, if you know someone who is um, struggling, just reach out to them. Um, I hope that you learned enough to do so. Um, We also have the domestic violence hotline from the National Domestic Violence um, organization and that is 1-800-799-SAFE and SAFE is 7233. So 1-800-799-7233. Yep. And they are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you or if anyone you know is struggling with domestic violence or intimate partner violence, or you think maybe you might be, you can call that hotline and they will help you. Absolutely. Um, do you have anything else before we go into our little quotey? Um, no, just that the, this topic was really hard. Yeah, it was super hard. <laughs> it's really hard. I'm glad. I'm glad we did it because I do think it's important, but super important. Yeah, it makes me emotional. Yeah, which Adam said we fucking cry a lot. When did we fucking cry? I don't know. I think we always say like that makes me want to cry. Oh, I was like, we have not cried on an episode yet. <laughs> we hold it together pretty well. Uh, yeah, that was it has nothing to do with anything. Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> I thought you were saying that to me. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Rupi Kaur, and I think I'm saying her name right, Kaur. I would believe you. If not, I'm sorry, Ruby. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> she writes poetry, and it is just the most beautiful shit in the fucking earth. Mm-hmm. I love her. Um, I love her, love her so much. Anyways, found a quote that I thought um, would apply nicely today, and it is from her book of poetry, um, Milk and Honey. And it says, if you are broken and they have left you, do not question whether you were enough. The problem was you were so enough that they were not able to carry it. I love beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. How do you feel about today? About the episode? Mm-hmm. Good. I feel good about it. I too. mean, not good. Like, yeah, I don't feel good. But kind of an icky. I think we did good. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, Germany. Oh yeah. 
they're on our stats. I don't want to move that because we'll mess it up. So apparently we have somebody listening from Germany. The Italians. The Germans. The Germans. Singapore was on there, but it said less than 1%. And so, so it's like half of a person. It's like their toe is listening right now. <laughs> Hi, big toe. <laughs> Yeah, so like less than 1% of Singapore is also listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's time. it's cool. It's cool. Um, yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed our episode this week. It was it was a hard one, but yeah, it was a good one. And um, I know that we are approaching the holidays, and I know that that gets hard for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and you know what that means. I mean, Walmart already has Christmas decor out. I really, I threw a fucking fit because there were ornaments before Halloween had even come. That's crazy. I was pissed. You know what? Okay, I'll save that for next week. Okay. Um, okay. Adam tried to buy one. I was like, put that shit back. We're not buying anything until after Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mess with my holiday. I just think that we're moving too fast. And that's why, you know, people are always Me so... Me and you? No. Oh. Like the world. Like, I mean, it's like August and there's... Thanksgiving decorations out. Oh, I was like, it's October. No, like, I understand. But like when you see that and you're so stressed out about um, like, oh, I'm so behind on this and this and this. That does not make any fucking better. I can tell right. Because you you're like, oh, my God, it's like October now. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I do think we've got some some good episodes coming up. Yes. With the holidays coming around the corner. And um, I know my brain is exploding with ideas. Yeah. Because so. I know the holidays are a really, really tough time for a lot of people in, in a lot of different aspects. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you have any ideas or any suggestions of things you want us to cover, throw those in the email. Throw them in an email and an Instagram DM. Yeah. And, and we'll try we'll try to answer them yeah. the best we can. Okay. <laughs> That's all. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to water yourself. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's usually your line, and I was like, waiting. Don't forget to water yourself and your friends. Okay. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>